0: This is the Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Then Jesus summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, and to cure every disease and every sickness. These are the names of the Twelve Apostles. First, Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Canaan, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead cleanse the lepers cast out demons you received without payment give without payment take no gold or silver or copper in your belts no bag for your journey or two tunics or sandals or a staff for laborers deserve their food whatever town or village you enter find out who in it is worthy and stay there until you leave. As you enter the house, greet it. If the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it, but if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. If the dust from your feet as you leave that, house, shake off the dust from your feet as you leave that house or town, truly, I tell you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment, than for that town. See, I am sending you out like sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of them, for they will hand you you over to councils and flog you in the synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings because of me, as a testimony to them and to Gentiles. When they hand you over, do not worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you at that time, for it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death and a father his child and children will rise against parents and have them put to death, and you will be hated by all because of my name. But one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in the town, flee to the next? For truly, I tell you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. <clears throat> This is the Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. Almighty God, you rescued your people from slavery in Egypt, and throughout the ages you have never failed to hear the cries of the captives. We remember before you our sisters and brothers in Galveston, Texas, who on this day of Juneteenth received the glad tidings of their emancipation. Forgive us that many grave sins that delayed the liberating word. Anoint us with your Spirit to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim the release to the captives and recover sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of your favor. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. I have no idea if the mic is working, but I have a feeling it's not. Oh, it is? Absolutely. Absolutely. Good. I'll try to tone my grade school shout. But in the very back, if you can't hear me, just give me. Got you. Beautiful. Thank you. Good morning, saints of the church. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Um, what we my name is Eric Batoyer, the very Reverend Eric Petroye. I'm a priest in this, your Diocese of California. And currently I am the regional dean of San Francisco. And I thank the Reverend Father Brother Richard Edwards for having me, for the vestry, for agreeing with that, and you who will be we'll be living together for the next several weeks until Brother Richard Edwards return. So Thank you very much for inviting me into Mill Valley. Um, I'm a little bit in awe and a little bit nervous because Dr. Larson Miller, uh, Mother Lizette, was my liturgy professor, and it's a tough act to follow, but she's not here to see this. So, (laughs) y'all get to feed me your notes of what I do or not, (laughs) as the case may be. I just want to share a couple of thoughts today. One is a commentary about the sending forth of the apostles into the lands to speak to the lost sheep of Israel and also Juneteenth. For those who don't know, Juneteenth is actually a holiday that is this weekend. It is a holiday, it is a feast day of the Diocese of California as of 2021, and is a state holiday in the state of California. So if you're expecting your mail on Monday, Got an A off, you'll get a Tuesday. (laughs) But, so let me start with these thoughts from St. Matthew's Sending of the Twelve. And the first thing that came to mind, I at one time served for nine months as a chaplain at City Hospital in San Francisco. Um, What is it called now, Zuckerberg, San Francisco General Hospital, I think. Um, And that was somewhere in my past, I still remember it. but had met, ran into a friend of mine who teaches business management at the postgraduate school. And I hadn't seen him for a while. And he said that he was leaving San, or leaving Monterey to move to Cleveland to be a chaplain at Cleveland Clinic. And he filled me in, didn't realize how many years this was because it's the COVID years. So what felt like two months ago was 2020 is really 2023. But I lost track of time. But what Frank told me was that he had, in that time, gone to divinity school at a small college on the East Coast in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and he got to fill in that name in that 10 seconds: Harvard. Um, and he felt this call to make this switch from teaching business management to being a chaplain in the hospital. And what's interesting about being a hospital chaplain is that you are part of hospital staff. We get tested and fingerprinted and so on, but we are not doctors. We didn't spend six plus years of medical school. We are not nurses. We have not gone through the two to six years of nurses training. We are not physical therapists. We are not social workers. We are not porters. If someone falls, we can't touch them to put them back in the bed we are who we are with the training of the hospital chaplain but even more so that's all we got we don't walk into rooms and read charts but what we do have in secular terms is we have a presence to be with people but in our church terms we have god working through us in the holy spirit to be present for people so when we walk in chaplain coming through. That's all we have. We can't give you a shot. We can't take your temperature. We, well, maybe we can get you that special little bag that sometimes you need, but that's it. But armed in the Holy Spirit and a lot of good luck and grace of God, we can be there for the patient in this time. And isn't that incredible and i say that because in a previous you'll be learning a little bit more about me as these months go on but in a previous life i would worked in a corporate finance office and i moved around money with a bunch of zeros behind it and to do that i spoke and it was a construction firm i would speak to project managers i would speak to bankers foreign exchange specialists i would have a couple of Trainee accountants at my side to run the spreadsheets and give me all these tools required to let me do my work. My uh, son uh, builds houses. He has a small team, I mean, sort of builds houses. He works for a contractor, but he has, a, he has tools. He has a couple of people in his, in his section. They know they have all this stuff to make them do their job. But the chaplain has herself and the grace of God. And that's what I think when Jesus sends out the 12, because what did he do? He says, go, go heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, chase out demons, take nothing, take nothing. No spare sandals, no spare robes, no staff, no food. I remember meeting somebody who had walked the uh, Camino de Santiago the pilgrimage in Spain that takes about two to three weeks, and he talked about ha- packing a 15-pound pack for two weeks, 15 pounds. I don't know about you, but when I get on a plane, I've got at least two bags and I'm stretching every free pa- free luggage allowance possible. This is as stripped down as you get, but to travel with the hope of the, with the strength of the Holy Spirit and the hope of not only my hospitality, the apostles' hospitality, but the people receiving them, because that's all God has given us, and that's all we need. This is the journey that the apostles made, and their job was to bring the peace of God and the good news of that peace into the world. That's all you need. It's kind of remarkable. I can't imagine myself But this is is why I thought of chaplaincy, because we have our training, per se, whatever God has given us, but we need nothing more. Because if we don't know it, it'll get filled in somehow. And that's faith and trust, luck and love. And for all the people we need, all we have to offer is faith and trust and luck and love. And trust me, plenty of times when knocking on that door and saying, chaplain, and people say, get out of here. But well, that's all right. You move to the next. Maybe you'll go back later. So that's all we need. And when we go into our worlds and try to share what we have of God's love for us and love for one another, we already have it. We just don't know it. But if it feels like we don't know what it is, it'll come to us. You know what it is, God's peace, because that's all God promised us. That's what Jesus taught us. And that's what the Holy Spirit gives us to share. So a transition to Juneteenth. I need to pull some more notes out, so bear with me. What is Juneteenth? Juneteenth is the day in 1865 that the word of the emancipation proclamation made it to the last of the of the strongholds of the southern rebellion in galveston quote general gordon granger in galveston texas read general order number three the people of texas shall be informed that all slaves are free." for those who remember their american history the u.s history the Emancipation Proclamation was written by President Lincoln in 1862, passed by December of 1862, to made effective on January 1st of 1863. January 1st of 1863, Lee surrendered in April of 1865, and the people of East Texas didn't hear about it until June of 1865. <clears throat> in that intervening time, life continued as before, that this word came out, then the word kept going out from there and there and there that emancipation had come and chattel slavery had ended. When brought so I grew up in northeastern Vermont. I didn't know much, I did I didn't know about Juneteenth. I did know about the Emancipation Proclamation. Um, for those of a certain age, you might remember under 125th anniversary. Or uh, celebrations of the Civil War and a whole bunch of Civil War reenactments and so on. So that part was in the consciousness, but not this June event. Not how long that word took to spread. Um, In my my family, we are Black Roman Catholic. We didn't we didn't we knew of Watch Night. It's a celebration in the Black Church that people stay up. On the night, instead of throwing a New Year's Eve party and getting lots of drinks and eating lots of food and so on, it was a night of prayer going up until midnight, uh, singing the old old song, Washman through the night, waiting for and celebrating the first of the year, this transition into the new year, but also remembering the day of emancipation. We kind of missed out on that. I knew more about it when I moved to Boston and became More involved with some of the black community there, but Vermont, there's 500,000 people, there's 500 black people. We're actually at the end of the road on the way to Maine and on on the way to New, um, my family's in Maine now, but on the way to Canada, and frankly, we were the last stop on Canada, another 30 minutes, and you're in Quebec. So we're kind of out of it, period. That's rural life. And those folks who grew up in rural life, what's happening in the rest of the world is not quite as important as opposed to, you know, taking care of cows, getting hay in, and, uh, you know, tapping the trees for maple sugar that goes in the pancakes we eat out here. So, this was all sort of later, but this importance of this transition from an old world into new was part of our life to recognize that things had changed. And when I moved to California, I moved in the Fillmore District, where folks from East Texas had migrated during World War II, and they celebrated Juneteenth, and it was remarkable because Washington was one way to celebrate, but Juneteenth was a party, it was a festival, and not only that, but it was a festival with prayers. I think of July 4th in Northern Vermont, and, in, and also in Martha's Vineyard, a lot of parties, cookouts, and so on, but it doesn't start with the pastor leading us in prayer could you imagine that well maybe you could i couldn't but i love that it was this integration of giving thanks for the blessings that we have to go on into this into this new day so juneteenth and the way the word got out was not unlike sending out the apostles because the people who continued to spread the word did so with just the, you know, the shoes on their feet and going out from farm to farm telling people this day had come. It's incredible. So when we, so when looking at Juneteenth, it's the day that the fullness of our Declaration of Independence, the fullness of the Constitution, we're getting a little bit closer to the day that equality was brought to everyone. And even more so, that was the news that Jesus was bringing to the world. The collect is straight out of Isaiah. The collect is, for Juneteenth is actually from Luke chapter four, when Jesus walks into the synagogue and opens the scroll to Isaiah and says, the Holy Spirit is here to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim the release of captives, to." Pro- Let the oppressed go free, sight to the blind, and proclaim the year of the Lord. And in this day, that word is proclaimed. And then Jesus closed the scroll. And that, in St. Luke, was the active start of his ministry. So on this day, and Lord save us, what a glorious day. I live in the sunset. I don't see this kind of sunshine. But on this glorious day, we go forth proclaiming the good news of the day of the Lord, of the Lord's favor. And we'll have a picnic. There is still a picnic. Did I get that right? Yes, thank you. (laughs) We'll have a picnic. We'll share our faith, our, our our community together, but even more that in doing that, the rest of the community can see that we're sharing the good news that God has given us. And let the church say, Amen.